Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of New Scientist Weekly. I'm Rowan Hooper. Now, I've just come back from Svalbard, the archipelago in the far north of Norway, about a thousand kilometres from the North Pole. I think the first time I ever heard about Svalbard was when I read Philip Pullman's novels, His Dark Materials, and we learn about Svalbard there as the kingdom of ice bears. And since then, I've been fascinated by the place. It has an incredibly diverse geology. Uh, If you're lucky, it has the Northern Lights. And of course, it has polar bears. And the Arctic is the fastest warming region on the planet, with temperatures there already at least three degrees higher than the pre-industrial average, whereas most of the rest of the world is currently only seeing about 1.2 degrees Celsius of warming. So Svalbard is an amazing natural laboratory to study climate change, as well as being this spectacular ice kingdom. Here's my report, which starts with me picking up some very excited huskies to rope onto a sledge to go up a glacier and then down a hole under the glacier. All right, so we're going into the cave. You have to go down a little hole, tiny hole in the snow. And then we slide down the hole, down a chute, and we come out into a cave, into an ice cave. All right. I'm inside an ice cave, inside a glacier in Svalbard. It's only minus two in here, so I'm able to take my gloves off and work my phone to record this. And I'm surrounded by ancient ice on the inside, on the underneath of this glacier. Thousands of years old ice, but of course it's all melting fast. I've got to try and climb out the glacier now. Try and climb out the hole. And in the summer, all water just flows down here so that this cave gets deeper each year. Until eventually though, it's going to disappear. Oh, here's my glove on the floor. It's spectacular being inside here. Underneath the ancient ice. And you have to wonder how much longer we'll be able to do stuff like this. And it was so cold up there, my eye froze shut on that sledge ride up the glacier. The dogs were fine, of course. They love that stuff. But there was something poignant about 
being inside a glacier. One person I spoke to said they'd seen a glacier retreat 800 metres in just one summer. The glaciers are almost visibly melting in the summer from day to day. And a study out earlier this year that modelled the future of all 215,000 glaciers on the planet found that even if we keep global warming to 1.5 degrees, half of those glaciers will disappear completely by the end of the century and half of that melting will happen before 2050. So glaciers are in deep trouble. A few weeks ago on the podcast, I spoke with Stuart Fawkes, who runs the Cities and Memory Project. That's one of the world's biggest sound projects. And after I got back from Svalbard, I asked him if he'd got any recordings from up there. And he sent me this, which you can hear in the background. It's the recording of from a glacier in Svalbard in the summer. You can hear the water running into the fjord, but also the cracking of the glacier ice. All this, of course, is having an impact on sea level rise, but also on the animals that rely on the ice for their day-to-day life. I drove a snowmobile across the island to look for polar bears. Now, I had a guide, of course, with a rifle, just in case, and I was in an exposure suit because with the wind chill, the temperature got to minus 36. I've never known anything like it that cold. We got up onto one of the glaciers and with the glacial moraine all around, the the debris left by the glacier, it was like driving across the, the moon, the surface of the moon. It was so hostile, but so stark and beautiful. And there was one bit where we drove for about 25 minutes across this huge valley and there were mountains in the distance that never seemed to get any closer. And the guide said he loved this bit because it was like driving in a painting. And I love that that phrase that he said, driving in a painting. Now, we didn't see any polar bears, but I spoke with Jon Ars of the Norwegian Polar Institute, and he runs the Polar Bear Monitoring Project in Svalbard. Can you describe what, what you're doing at the moment out in the field? What we will do is to try to capture bears take some samples. If it's animals we don't know from earlier, we mark them so we can look at survival, reproduction, things like that. But also health in general, a lot of different things. And capturing a bear, um, you know, tell us about that. Um, How do you go about that? Yeah, so actually what we do, we we fly a small helicopter and you use a dart rifle. You immobilize the bear so it falls asleep and and stay like that for uh, yeah about an hour or something and then uh, then you leave the bear when the bear gets up again and so you have to kind of judge the the weight of the bear and the dose of the the anesthetic that you give it when you yeah it. within some limits it's very tolerant to what we use so if you miss a bit it is not a disaster you give it enough so you're sure it goes down and if it get a bit too much, then it just sleeps a bit uh, longer. Actually, <laughs> okay. I mean, what, you must be very used to it by now. But what's it like being close to a, an animal like this, a polar bear, such a huge carnivore? Yeah, it it is special. But yeah, I've done this for twenty years, so it's yeah. I guess much like many other jobs, you you get used to it as you say. What if you know they start to to wake up when you're still you know, try to fit the radio collar or take a blood sample, you know, what happens then? 
well, it's it's a very safe thing. You can just uh, give it a small injection with something more, so it falls a bit asleep again. I, okay. It's not like they suddenly raise up, start uh, walking or biting you or something like that. So it's it's very predictable. Okay, maybe tell us something about what you're learning from being able to take blood samples from the bears and also the radio tagging. From the samples, uh, you look at a lot of different things, but one of the more important ones maybe is pollutants. So we've done a lot of studies there and, and you can see there is trends. There are some pollutants that you use in industrial areas that uh, get more and more common uh, and that could be a problem. On, on the good side, there are also some pollutants that uh, uh, decreases in concentrations in the high Arctic. Uh, among those, for example, PCBs that uh, many people have heard about also yeah. because they're forbidden to be used in many areas. So it's sort of monitoring those things as well that might have effect on, on wildlife. When it's up to having colors on the bear, we learn a lot. One of the more important things is maybe is to see how behavior may change when habitat changes. So obviously, if you don't have sea ice, they can't walk on the sea ice. So, mm. Or if they do, they have to be in other areas than they used to be earlier. We have less and less sea ice around Svalbard. Yeah. We also see from the colors if bears swim or not. So we see now that they swim a lot more and longer distances than they had to do before when they more or less all the time had sea ice down to the islands, up to 100, 200, 300 kilometers sometimes to get up to the hunting areas. Wow. I mean, that must be taking a toll on them in terms of their their physical condition, if they're swimming much yes. more than they used. Uh, they are very good swimmers, but the water is cold. And energetically, it's more costly to be in, you know, water that is maybe minus one Celsius swimming uh, yeah. than rather to walk on, on the ice. So if they have to swim for two, three days, that, that is probably cost the same as maybe walking for uh, much more than a week or something like that. Yeah. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I mean, you've been working on these animals for a long time. And I guess during that time, you've seen them become a real poster species for climate change, haven't they? You know, they're often used to illustrate climate change, you know, a polar bear sitting on a lump of ice <laughs> or, or a, a very, very starving polar bear. I wonder what your feelings are about that. A lot is happening in the, in the Arctic, you know, we, we lose the habitat. So there, there are many other species that will be at least as impacted as polar bears. So polar bear is like an icon. Uh, yeah. so in some way, it could be important because it makes people more aware of what is happening. 
So it's maybe not that polar bears are more important than like a ringed seal or a species of a fish or something like that. But but it's an easy way to sell it to people and making them aware of what's happening. And what is happening is quite serious. You know, even the 20 years I've been in Svalbard, a lot has happened here. The glaciers have retreated a lot. I mean, we lose about one month of sea ice for each year. For every decade, we lose like one month. The, the, the season with sea ice get one month shorter or, or more in, in our area. Wow. So we lost several months of um, sea ice during the last decades in our yeah. area. Things happen faster here in Svalbard, Barentsi, than in other areas in the Arctic as well. And it's also predicted to continue. So so things really happen. The, the ecosystem yeah. changes very fast and, and maybe even more profound in the area you don't see, like under in the sea. So fish species, everything that lives in the ocean, it looks very different now than it did a few decades ago. Yeah, I mean, when I was at uh, Longyearbyen, I saw that, you know, the fjord was all open water. And I guess it's quite often like that now, is it? Um, I mean, it used to be the bears could could cross there and now they have to go to the east coast where there's still sea ice. Yeah. Um, You know, how's that changing the, the bears' hunting habits if they can't always rely on on hunting seals on sea ice they are forced to be on land a lot more than they they used to and even in east svalbard you know they have much shorter periods with sea ice than than they used to even though that's colder than than the west coast we see that a proportion of the uh, population uh, they are always in svalbard they don't leave the the archipelago even you know when the sea ice regrets while Mm. most of the bears they follow the sea ice but we have a few hundred bears that stay in Svalbard year-round, and those are very local. So if the sea ice disappear from like soft uh, west Spitsbergen, for example, the bears don't follow the ice. They just are forced on land. So they right. will be much more of the time on land. They will then do different things. Either they just uh, relax and do little, <laughs> waiting for the sea ice to freeze, or they hunt uh, uh, reindeer, or they take bird eggs and, and birds. Uh, wow. And so far they do quite well, but we do think that there is a threshold and that we will reach that in, in the future sometimes, but it's hard mm. to say if this is in five years or 10 years or 20 years from now. Yeah. They, they are still able to reproduce, still able to survive and the condition is still okay. So they're quite tolerable to the changes. Uh, they find yeah. ways to, to live. And the m- most important thing is that the bears, they... They are incredible when it's up to how long they can be without food. If they right. have built an, a solid fat layer in spring, early summer, they can be without food for half a year, just living on the fat reserves. The yeah. females go into den and, and give birth and for five, maybe five months without eating, uh, producing uh, fat-rich milk. But they do need to go plus over time. They need to accumulate more fat in spring uh, than they use early summer than they use the rest of the year. And um, so far, they still have enough sea ice that they can hunt enough seals in, in spring, early summer. Uh, so they do okay. But uh, okay. that will be a threshold there. Has anyone thought about, I mean, this sounds crazy, but feeding the bears, if you do reach that <laughs> threshold, you know, maybe shooting some deer for them or even some seals yes that has been i mean one of the things that people have uh, 
evaluated and there was a study from Canada that showed that it would be extremely expensive if you were to support uh, bear population with uh, with food and of course it's not a long term uh, solution no. okay so obviously like like we know we just have to do something to stop the ice melting we have to cut emissions as fast as possible uh, yes that would be the best thing and and if not what we will see in the future is that bears will disappear from many of the areas you have them today what we think is that other areas they will be able to sustain for quite a long period uh, where you have high arctic conditions which is much colder than Svalbard today high mm. arctic canada greenland for example they might even for temporary periods get it better than they have today because it's mm-hmm. so thick uh, ice and, and productive so what they like is you know to have ice but with uh, open leads where your seals get up and they can hunt seals and where it's high productivity what do we know about the historical population size on Svalbard? Because I learned a lot about the, the amount of hunting that used to go on in Svalbard, especially of the, the polar bears, but also of reindeer and other animals. But what do we know about the historical polar bear population size and the current population size? So uh, we don't have very good estimates from far back, but we think that when they were protected in 1973, they were it was quite depleted, wasn't a very big population and then we think it increased since then and even my may still increase uh, or be stable at the moment we think it reached about 3000 bears in the barents sea population in 2004 uh, after that we're not exactly sure but we think they are doing okay and that, that it as many or more bears now than it was back then and then that at some stage in the future, it will start declining uh, if we believe that the predictions about sea ice conditions are correct. Okay, so we've got to look at what happens with sea ice. And that's when you'll be able to determine this threshold that the yeah. bears might reach. And one of the most important things we do, and it's up to the monitoring, I think, is to try to figure out what is the tolerance they have. You know, when do we suddenly see that they start struggling? how much uh, less sea ice can we have before we see that uh, survival and reproduction in particularly declines. And then we will also be able to forecast what will happen with the population. Okay, but at the moment in Svalbard, at least, there's not too much indication of that. They're not, they're not suffering too much, it seems. No, I mean, we, we see clear signs of things that happens. We see that they are not able to reach all the traditional denning areas anymore because you don't mm. have sea ice there. We see that they have to swim long distances, so we know that that will cost them more. But at the same time, we do not see any serious signs that uh, they are uh, suffering condition-wise or when it's up to survival or reproduction. They, they still do quite okay. But we do know that there is a relationship between sea ice conditions and survival reproduction in several areas in the Arctic. So the mechanisms we know, we just don't know when it will happen to have, when it will start having negative impacts in Svalbard. But I think we will see it in the future. We don't know when. That was Jon Aas of the Norwegian Polar Institute. I'm Rowan Hooper, sadly now back from the Arctic in London. Thanks for listening to this bonus episode of New Scientist Weekly. We're back with the regular show soon. Do subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Bye for now.
This podcast is produced by OG Podcasts. Find out more at ogpodcasts.co.uk. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.